following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Grab your Bibles, open it up to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is in the Bible, I promise you. It's a small little book in the Old Testament. Habakkuk is a minor prophet. Um, He's going to speak to us in a way uh, that, man, modern day people just cannot. This is an awesome, awesome, awesome book, and it speaks volumes to where we are. I had a pastor friend of mine. He says, Jordan, what are you going to preach in 2017? I said, I'm going to preach the book of Habakkuk for the first probably month. He said, I was going to preach Habakkuk if the election went the other way. And I said, man, you should preach it even if it went this, the way that it went. I said, it's so relevant to what we're at and what's going on today. How many of you guys remember this uh, application? It was on computers a while ago called Google Earth. Do you remember Google Earth? You guys know what Google Earth is? It's crazy. It's this application I was showing my parents actually at Christmas um, what you can do with this, with this app. All the Google Maps are essentially powered by Google Earth. You can essentially put in any um, address that you want, and it will show you like where uh, that is, and it will give you a satellite kind of um, picture of what's happening there. So you can see, like, you could go home today, and you can Google your address, and you can see your car sitting in, the, in your driveway. It's crazy how much you can see and then my buddy, who's uh, an, an engineer, he's, he plays tricks on Google. Like, he'll put his car in different locations to see when they actually take new pictures of his house and stuff like that. And he'll put, like, a snowman up and stuff like that. The, the app is amazing to me because from a distance, everything looks like it's okay, doesn't it? Like, if you were to look up something, everything looks like it's fine. If I could put a picture of your house and what's going on, you, we would say that everything's good. But if we were to zoom in, and get a little closer on things, there's some things that are going on um, at the core that are just a mess, right? The satellite image is going to give you one thing, but if you zoomed in really, really, really close, we would see that there's problems happening. The same is true in Habakkuk's day as is in our day. And in Habakkuk, we're going to see a couple of things, and there's a few things that you need to know um, that are, that are going on. First of all, Habakkuk um, is, is going to be written from Judah, and there's two kingdoms, okay? There's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and I always get them confused. Beth and I were talking about this. I always mix them up, which one's Israel and which one's Judah. We were sitting at Christmas time and talking to my dad. My dad is schooling me in Old Testament theology, and I'm, I mean, the Old Testament and me, we kind of go back and forth. Some things I really, really get, and some things I'm just like in the clouds about, and uh, dad's kind of telling me all this stuff. And I said, so when do they come together? Because we have Israel now, but where did Judah come from? And he's like, it just kind of happened. They just kind of merged together. And in Habakkuk's day, you have two um, kingdoms. You have Judah, and then you have Israel. And they're both a mess, and they're both fighting, and they're both in essentially what we would call a civil war with uh, one another. They're all God's people, but they're fighting with one another. That doesn't happen in today's society, does it? (laughs) Right? There was a, a king that was around in Judah's day. Uh, even though it's a mess. His name was Josiah. The people loved him. He was like the Ronald Reagan of the Old Testament. I mean, people just thought he was crazy. Well, 
Republicans thought he was great, okay? And uh, the, the people just clung to him, and he has died. And Josiah is no longer around, and so the people are looking at it, and they're saying, Judah is a mess, where we live is a mess, and our king, the one that we loved, and the one that we cherished, and the one that we clung on to, he is dead. Who is going to take over? And to make matters worse, there's people out there called the Babylonians, or the Chaldeans, if you will, and they are a brutal, relentless, ISIS-type people who are coming in, and they are essentially oppressing all of the people. There's so much violence from these individuals that the people... People who are common people were looking at it saying, what will happen to us? And the reason they're asking what is going to happen to us is because those people, those Babylonian violent people that were living in that day had defeated Egypt. And if you know your Bible, in the Old Testament, the Egyptians had enslaved the Jews for years And so if you were a civilian in Habakkuk's time period, your king is dead, your country's a mess, and you're finding yourself under the fear that you're going to go back into slavery, that you're going to be pulled from where you are, and you're going to go back into slavery. And the cultural relevance is the same today. Our president is changing. Some of you are excited about that. Some of you are not excited about that at all, right? And so essentially we could say the, the reign of one king is gone, and now we're getting into another reign. We would say that our country is a mess. Those of us who look at the country, we would say there's so much violence that's happening today. There's so much oppression that's taking place today. Christians are being pushed back. Those of you who have conservative, quote-unquote, morals, right? You're looked at as being not the norm anymore. You're being questioned for the things that you believe. And you're finding yourself wondering, like, what will happen to us? What is going to happen to God's church? What's going to happen to us as Christians? How are we going to be perceived in the years to come? I mean, are we even going to be able to corporately worship anymore? Have you ever thought about that? Like, will we even be allowed to be in this place to worship corporately anymore? I mean, will that be something that is in the past? I think about that with my kids all the time. Like, isn't it amazing? My kids are six and four, and I think about it all the time. Will they grow up and be able to come and freely worship the living God, or will they have to hide it? That's exactly what people in Habakkuk's day are questioning, and that's exactly what we're questioning. So we get here, and we see Judah's a mess. Josiah the good king is dead. The Babylonians are are running rampant. Now, who is Habakkuk? Habakkuk, if you write in your Bible, I put right underneath the title, um, Habakkuk's name means love's embrace. And Habakkuk's a different prophet. And the reason Habakkuk's a different prophet is he's the only prophet that has a conversation with God that is recorded in the text. He, he's the only one who's kind of conversing with God, and we get to see his conversation. Habakkuk's going to have a, a conversation with the living God, and he's going to look at him, and he's going to say, God, here's some things that are going on, and he's going to question him. And so the title of, your, of the sermon this morning is, Can I Question God? And you can, because Habakkuk does it. He talks very freely, okay? Hold on, just a second. You're getting ahead of me up there, okay? Hold on, watch this. All right, um, Habakkuk is a musician, right? He's kind of like Becky up here up on the piano. Like, he loves music, and he loves to play music, and Habakkuk would have been like a song. So when you read this, there's some things that are kind of song-like in it. Um, so he was, he was a musician, And the theme is, um, going out of Habakkuk, is that the just shall live by, anybody know? It's going to come in over and over and over again. You're going to hear it all the time. The just shall live by faith. 
They shall live by faith. Habakkuk says it over and over and over again. And pastors and pulpits all this year should be telling our people, the just shall live by faith. You should 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 live by faith. All right, watch this. All right, Habakkuk's going to have two questions. Let's go into Habakkuk chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 1. The oracle, verse 1, says that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Now, let's understand and break this down just a little bit. Circle the word oracle in your text. Oracle means burden. This is a burden that Habakkuk the prophet saw or carried. So another way to translate that verse would be not just necessarily an oracle, but a burden. Habakkuk had a burden. A burden for who? A burden for the living God first and foremost, meaning he had compassion and love for him, but secondly, he had a burden for his people. All right? He had a burden for where the people were at. And this is the prophet, and this is what he saw in Judah's unrest. So you could essentially put a comma after that period, and you could say, this is the burden that Habakkuk the prophet saw in the unrest of Judah, or in the dysfunction of the time period that was taking place. First question that Habakkuk asked. And I love, and the ESV, it says, Habakkuk's complaint. You ever done that? Have you ever had a complaint against God? He's going to complain to him, right? Like, I've had some complaints, and Habakkuk's got some complaints. Watch this. He says, oh, Lord. And if we were to put that in today's uh, cultural context about how Habakkuk says it, you know how he says it? He says, oh, Lord. He screams it. It's a complaint, man. Okay? Complaint department's open. How long, verse 2, shall I cry for help and you don't hear me? Wow. How long am I going to talk to you, God, and it feels like right now that you don't hear me? Or cry to you, violence, look at everything that's going on in the world, and you don't save us. That's verse 2. First question is, that Habakkuk asks, is why don't you answer prayers? You ever prayed that way? Why don't you answer prayers? You're the living God. You're the king of kings. You're the one that created the world. And Lord, how long shall I cry out for help? I've been praying to you over and over and over and over again. I have prayed this prayer for a long period of time. It seems as if I'm getting fatigued with the fact that you don't answer, and I find myself frustrated. Old Testament book. Why don't you answer my prayer? What is the prayers that God isn't answering? Habakkuk's asking essentially a twofold question. He says, first of all, why do you let the idolatry take place in the world? In other words, why don't people populate the pews in the church? Like, it seems like they're so infatuated with everything but the living God. Christmas ring true to that? Right? Do you guys sit around in your families and you kind of watch people get presents and all these material possessions and all of a sudden, like, they start piling up these things and all of a sudden you look at it and you go, that's not going to fulfill Uncle Jim. I know Uncle Jim. That's not going to last at all. He doesn't even like Parcheesi. <laughs> right? Like, or the fact that the Cubs won the World Series. I'm going to bank on that for a long time. You're just going to have to get used to me on that. All right? But you know what? That's even going to pass. And how much stuff did people obtain about the Chicago Cubs? I mean, I'm, I'm wearing my Cubs socks here this morning, okay? But it's funny to me of how many people, I watched this just the other day. Bethany and I, uh, we were coming back from um, Monmouth where my folks live. And I watched two guys walk into this restaurant, and they had Cubs gear on. One of them had a, a, a championship sweatshirt on. The other one had a hat on. And I looked at them, and I said, yeah, go Cubs, go. And they're like, all the way, man, Cubs fans for life. 
I'm like, I don't know about you, brother, but I think you might be worshiping an idol. Right? And Habakkuk's upset because people are focused on material possessions more than they're focused on the living God. Same thing in today's culture, right? People are focused more on their material possessions and what they can obtain than they are about serving and following the living God. And the reason that people are like that is because people are impatient. Because God doesn't always give you what you want in your time frame. Sometimes God makes you wait. But materialism is always there, and we can just pick up that thing or whatever that pacifies us for a small period of time. So he's upset about idolatry. But the other thing is he's upset about injustice. If we look at the text, it says, Violence, right? How long shall I cry for help? You will not hear. I cry to you. And look at everything that's going on. People are becoming violent, and, they, and you don't save them. There's things that are happening out here that need justice. And we all pray like this, don't we? I think some of you are in this boat. Some of you have legitimate health needs. And you've been sick for a long time. And you've found yourself maybe in prayer and going, God, why don't you, why don't you heal me? I mean, what's going on? Why are you taking so long? Some of you guys are in hurting marriages and there's problems that are going on in your home and you, you look at it and you say, God, I'm, I'm loving my spouse with 100% of everything I have, but I, I just don't feel like they love me in return. Can't you change the heart of this individual? Right? You pray that way? Why is he so slow here? Or, or, or there's problems, right? Some of us look, the first thing that you do is you wake up in the morning and you turn on the news and you think to yourself, oh my word, there's nothing good on the news. There's all these problems. I'm reminded, if you jump over to uh, James, we talked about this uh, last year, which is weird to say because it was just a couple months ago. Um, but in the book of James, I'm going to actually go there so I don't mess this up. <clears throat> in James chapter 1, he says, Consider it a joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why? All the things that I'm asking God for right now, he says, you should consider that a joy, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. So Habakkuk should have taken a note from James, who wasn't around by then, right? But he should have, he should have seen that, that even though that God isn't answering prayers, he will in his time. But Habakkuk still asks, so why don't you answer prayers? No, we all pray like this. He'll give an answer in just a second. Go to verse 4. Watch this. <clears throat> we'll keep going verse 3. He says, Why do you make me see all this iniquity or injustice? And why do, you make me, uh, why do you make me see this? And why do you idly look at the wrongdoing? Whoa. Destruction and violence are before me. All this stuff is happening with the Babylonians. And people are, you know, killing other people. Strife and contention arise. In verse 4, the law is paralyzed. I would circle the word law in your Bible, and I would circle paralyze. What, what he's saying is, he says, in the Old Testament, you have the law, okay? First five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, are the law of the Old Testament. And what Habakkuk's saying is, you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal, all this other stuff. People have essentially shelved that and said, we don't believe that that's true for us. That may be good for you, but we don't believe that's good for us. And what God has done is he's essentially allowed that and he has paralyzed himself is what Habakkuk says. You have gotten to the point where you haven't even moved on the fact that people aren't moving on your law. Keep going. He says, so the law 
and I, I put Ten Commandments in my Bible if you want to do that, is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. Where are you at, God? For the wicked surround the righteous, and so justice goes forth, and it is perverted. So what Habakkuk's saying is, these people are ignoring your law. <clears throat> and so society is lacking. Now, we all pray like this too, right? So we'll go back to you who have maybe troubled marriages. All right? And you say, I'm giving 100% to my spouse. And it's crazy, but some of you say, God, if you could just take them out, that'd be great. And the funniest part is, like, some of us laugh, and some of us are sitting here and saying, I've, I've, I've prayed that prayer. Like, I, it would be better if they weren't even here. So he says, he says, God, the law, why is there no justice? That's the second question. Why is there no justice being permitted? My husband, my wife, isn't doing the things that they're supposed to do, and there's no justice here. I'm doing my part, but there's no justice here, or a relationship that you have, or something that's going on in your life. You would look at it and say, I'm doing what God's telling me to do, but there's no justice here. God isn't doing his part. We pray like this all the time. We pray, God, I've, I've done what you wanted me to do. You have health concerns, health issues. Things are wrong with your body, and you look at it, and you say, God, I'm doing everything that you have to. I go to the doctor three times a week. I take all this medication. I do all these things. Why is there no healing that's taking place? Right? Why is there no justice here? The same thing for us as Christians. We would look at what's going on in the Middle East, and we would say, look at all these people who are oppressing God's people. ISIS is on the loose. There are people being killed who are Christians, who pledge your name. People are being beheaded for that. And we look at it, and we say, God, there's no justice. <laughs> Habakkuk's asking good questions. You want to know why? Because you ask them, and I ask them, right? We're asking the same things. Why is there no justice? Another thing, maybe at your workplace, you know that one guy or that one girl that always does what's wrong and they seem to always get promoted? <laughs> what's up with that? Right? God, have you seen Carl? He's horrible. He does the wrong thing all the time and still he gets promoted into this position. I'm confused. That's what Habakkuk is saying in the first two questions that he asks. He says, first of all, God, you're not answering my prayers. And secondly, there's no justice in the world. There's nothing there. And here's the application, because before God responds to him, we got to know this. And I love this about the living God. And Becky alluded to this in the way that she prayed, that he knows our name. And I think when I do this, because of what the Bible says, he says, ask away. He says, Jordan, here's the application for you and I after Habakkuk's questions have been revealed. God says, go for it. You know those big questions that you're asking? God would say, ask away. Go ahead. Ask. Ask me, please. Because God loves when his people talk to him. He loves when his people communicate what's really going on under the surface. The Bible tells us when darkness is brought to light, it cannot live there. He says, you ask, you ask away. You ask anything that you want. God, why am I plagued with these feelings of insecurity? Why am I plagued with these feelings of inadequacy? Ask away. He says, you ask. And so Habakkuk does. And I love it. Watch this in verse 5. The Lord answers. And I wrote next to it in my Bible, God hears my prayers. 
Now, we should be careful, though, because God answers Habakkuk, and he also answered Job. And I love what he tells Job before we get any further. He says, Job, where were you when I created the world? Whoa. <laughs> right? like, so when you ask, just be ready, because God being the loving God that he is, he responds. Okay, watch this. <clears throat> he says, verse 5, Look among the nations and see wonder, and you should be astounded. I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. I love how he responds to him. And then I'm a little upset, too, because he responds to me like that. He says, For behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans. Okay, put in parentheses there. Those are the Babylonians, the people who are oppressing the culture. He says, That bitter and hasty nation. And then he's going to talk about them for a second. He says, Who march through the breath of earth to seize dwellings that aren't their own. They are dreaded and they're fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than envying wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar, and they fly like an eager, swift to devour. All that to say, first thing is, God knows what's going on, okay? Number one. But number two is, if you were to look at that passage in context, you would see that God, write this down, God answers in his way. He's revealing to Habakkuk that I know everything that's taking place, so much so that I'm going to answer in my way. He's prepping him for the second answer, because this is like part A. This is like the first response that he gives to him. I'm going to answer, okay, but I'm going to answer in my way. Well, God tells us here a couple things about the Chaldeans. First thing is, Chaldeans are a wicked, brutal people, and we could go on and on and, and explain it. And kind of walk through it and whatever. But you just need to know they're probably twice or three times more violent than ISIS. They're moving on the horizon. I mean, they're just, they, they're swift. And they love to just hurt and kill and destroy. I mean, they're just a brutal, brutal people. And what happens is uh, God is looking at Habakkuk and he says, Habakkuk, I know that these Chaldeans exist. I get it and I understand it. I know all about them. I know all about what they're doing. And he says, because I know all about what they're doing, I'm going to answer your prayers, but I'm going to answer it in my ways. And so when he talks to Habakkuk about these things, he's asking them first and foremost, or he's asking Habakkuk first and foremost to be patient. Because God knows, but he, he needs to be patient. God is a God of patience, but he's also a God of wrath. Just because he allows something to happen doesn't mean that it's not going to get wrath from, from uh, you know, later on down the road. So, you know, your friend Carl at work, you know, that always gets away with stuff? Okay, that will catch up to him later on down the road. Maybe not in this life, but maybe in eternity. And don't tell him that when you go to work, okay? Please. <laughs> all right? He's saying that I know, I know all this stuff, and I'm going to answer it in my ways. Now, he's also telling Habakkuk that you wouldn't believe this if I told you. If you go to the, the last part of that text in verse 8, um, or sorry, verse 5, he says, what I am doing, this is the key verse here, I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. The cultural context of that is if God shows up at your house and he looks at you and he says, I'm working in the prayer that you're praying, you wouldn't believe me if I told you, right? Yeah, I took your relative or I allowed that to happen and you wouldn't believe me that I'm doing a work in your life if I told you. Why do you suffer from cancer or other diseases? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Why do you have struggles at work? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Why is your marriage hard? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Why is your work uh, a struggle? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Because I'm doing things in your day, in my ways, that you wouldn't believe me if I told you. 
because he is God and I am not. And so God is doing a great work in your life that if he were to show up even right here in this place and sit right next to you and he started explaining it to you of what he is doing, your head would explode. Because there's so many things that he is essentially sculpting and articulating in ways that we don't understand. And so if God would show up and he'd sit next to us and he would start answering us according to the things that we're asking, the first thing that we need to know is he's doing things in his ways. And the key verse there is, I'm doing a work that if I told you, you would not believe me. In Habakkuk, you've got to be careful. Look at verse uh, 9. All these wicked things, everything that's going on, these Chaldeans, these Babylonians, watch this. They all come for violence, verse 9. All their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. He's still explaining to Habakkuk what's going on here. At kings they scoff, at rulers they laugh. He's explaining everything that Habakkuk has been praying in detail in in more ways than Habakkuk could ever explain himself. They laugh at every fortress. They pile up earth and they take it. Then they sweep by the wind and they go on. Now, key word in this verse is, and you could underline this twice, guilty men whom own, whose own might is their God. When Habakkuk gets the word guilty men, God is telling him very specifically that there is always justice. Okay, so let's piece this together. Watch this. Habakkuk prays, why don't you answer prayers? I do answer prayers. I answer them in my way, all right? Why is there no justice? There's always justice for those who are guilty, always. It's not karma because the first thing you're going to think is, oh, there's, there's this thing called karma. No, just because you do good things doesn't mean good things will come to you. Just because you do bad things doesn't mean, you know, bad things will come to you. It's, it's this thing that we call grace. And for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But because there's grace given to us by God, he says, all have fallen short, but I'm going to give grace. But he says, some people will reject that grace. And because people reject that grace, they will find themselves guilty and have to answer for the things that they have done, just as you and I will, even though we call ourselves Christians. Does that make sense? So what he's saying here is he says, these people are guilty. The Chaldeans, the Babylonians will look at God at the day of judgment and they will say, this is what we did. And he says, did you receive my grace? And they will say, no, we were men who loved violence. And he will say, then violence you will get when you are forever removed from me. It's the same context for us in today's time period. We would look at God and we would say, God, we're sinners. All of us have fallen short of your glory. And because we've fallen short of your glory, we need something to come and give us grace. And he says, that's Jesus. And so there is no injustice until Jesus shows up on the scene. We were talking about this at my house. I said, so what did Gentiles do in the Old Testament? They look forward to the Messiah that will come. Just as Gentiles, you and I who are gathered here, look forward to the Messiah that came. And we let him have the justice. It is our job, our responsibility, and our opportunity to be faithful to what God tells us to do, regardless of whatever is going on around us. I believe in faith for the prayers that I am praying, specifically that I don't feel like God's answering, that God would sit next to me and say, Jordan, I'm doing a work. Just be patient and understand, even if I told you these things, you wouldn't believe me. So when you pray a prayer request this week, this year, this month, whatever it is, look at it, and from the standpoint of you are here, God is here, and he's doing a work in that thing. It is our 
opportunity to be faithful with the small things. So it's my job to be faithful. It's not to look at other people and say, well, they're not doing this, and they're not doing this, and they're not doing that. He says, just be faithful. Because Habakkuk's main message is the just, righteous, who have been freely restored will live by faith. Why is there no justice? There's always justice. It just comes later than you think sometimes. Look at violent Babylon. But will they ever be persecuted and pushed? Yes, they will. It will come. Now, you have to accept something. What if it doesn't come in your day? Like, have you ever thought about that? I have a buddy of mine. Uh, He was my roommate in college. His name was Chad. He was a good dude. He was fun. He was, he's this big guy. He gave the best hugs, man. Uh, Chad actually left um, Grace uh, to go marry a girl. We all thought he was crazy. Uh, verbally, in the back of our mind, we're like, that makes total sense. Um, he went back to his hometown. Uh, he married his, one of his high school, sweet, uh, his high school sweetheart, sorry. Um, they had three kids, beautiful kids. Uh, Chad got sick, and he, um, he had cancer. And uh, I went to his funeral. Um, and his wife sang at, at his funeral. Crazy. And her name was Cindy, and I said, Cindy, um, <clears throat> wow, uh, man, that's crazy that, that God would take Chad. She says, oh, no, Jordan, sin took Chad. She said, but, but, God is good, he is faithful, and he has plans for us. He's doing a work right now that we wouldn't even know if he told us. And it's awesome to watch her raise these kids. And they're doing a great thing. And I remember when he was sick, he would constantly point back to the fact that God is faithful even if he took him or if he kept him on the earth. You say that about yourself? I remember a family who <clears throat> was going through um, financial hardships. They lost everything. I remember sitting down with them. Uh, this was back home. And uh, I said, man, what's God teaching you through it? They said, it's just material stuff, man. God's always been faithful, whether we've had a lot or had a little. It's our job to just be faithful in the small things, continue to trust him in those things. Some of you guys have lost jobs and been out of work for a long time, right? And you look back on it, and you say, man, God was so faithful. He supplied for our needs in that whole time period. It's crazy. God says there's always going to be justice. <clears throat> now, the other thing that pops up in, in that passage, in that, in that second part of that passage is, Be careful about this, all right? So I hope I word this really well. The Chaldeans or the Babylonians, (laughs) this is hard, are the answer to Habakkuk's prayer request. Now, you're going to have to follow me with this for a second, okay? God is going to use something that he didn't originally intend or something that is far from him to accomplish a great work. He's going to essentially let them run rampant because if you kind of speed up and push the fast forward button and you look at this about what happens and what takes place, essentially the Babylonians get what's coming to them. Uh, they, I mean, they're, they're, they're pummeled, right? And so what happens is Habakkuk's prayer request gets answered. And the one thing, if he were to go back, all right, and if he were to look at it, if he were still alive, the one thing that he was against was the one thing God was using to answer his prayer. And so be very careful, church, 
about the things that you pray about because the one thing that you're adamantly pushing against, God might be using. Now, there'll be justice in that thing, I promise you. But God might be using it. So let's take it into a cultural context. So at work, if you're struggling with something and you're sitting there and you're seeing yourself and you're saying, hey, there's nothing that's, nothing that's working here, that one person who's against you might just self-destruct on their own. All right? In your marriage, there might be a, a, a point that comes with your spouse to where they break down. And all of a sudden, the walls are removed. And now all of a sudden, they're open. And it's our job as Christians not to look at it and, sell, and celebrate that complete devastation, but we catch people when that happens. How many times have you done this? That guy at work who, you know, instead of just celebrating it and going, thank God he's not here anymore, you rush over to him and you say, hey, uh, Carl, let me tell you about the great God that we serve and how he is doing a good work in your life regardless of how you feel right now. You ever done that? Or your spouse, when they show the smallest sign of weakness, instead of exploiting that weakness, you look at them and you say, hey, God is good and he is gracious, and maybe he's working this right now for our good, and it's our opportunity to embrace each other in this regard. You ever thought about that? Or maybe there's a spot in your life where you see the destruction taking place, and instead of celebrating that destruction, you see the work of God in that situation. That's what God wanted from Habakkuk. He wanted them to see that he was working and active. There was good that was coming from bad. If you go over to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, <clears throat> this is kind of a, a, an accomplishment of everything that happens in Habakkuk. <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 11, he talks about how we live by faith, believing that God is at work regardless of what we think. In verse 1, he says, Now faith, is the assurance of things that are hoped for and the conviction of things that are not seen. <laughs> Did you get that? Faith is the assurance from who? Of God. The things that are hoped for by the conviction of things that are not seen. Habakkuk, I am doing a great work in your days that you would not believe if I told you the just shall live by faith. God's calling him to live by faith. The writer of Hebrews is telling you to live by faith. For by it, people of old, Habakkuk, watch this, received everything. And by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. That's the whole summary of what he just told Habakkuk. And then he gives you a massive amount of illustrations. Go back into Hebrews. Well, watch this. And he's just going to pour it onto you. And he's going to show you that this is true. By faith, there was a guy named Abel who offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, though which he was commended as righteous. And God commending him was acceptable by his gifts. Through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Even though this injustice happened, Justice is still taking place. Watch this. By faith, Enoch, who I love in the Old Testament, was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, the uh, condemned, uh, commended, excuse me, as having pleased God. Without faith, it is, 
impossible to please God. And the illustrations just keep rolling in Hebrews chapter 11. He's giving you all the examples in the Old Testament of how the just live by faith. Can I ask God questions? Yes. Can I cry out why there is no injustice? Yes. But be ready that God will speak back to you in a way that you might not want to be spoken to and that he's having justice in ways that maybe you didn't want justice to be served. So you ask, but keep an open mind. What are the prayers that you're praying right now? What are they? I mean, are they complaints? Are you accessing the complaint department? Are they cries maybe for injustice? Evaluate, especially this year. Where are you at in the prayers that you're praying? And then I would specifically say, watch how God is speaking specifically to those things. I have done, in the past month, looked specifically at my prayer requests and realized how selfish Jordan really is. There's a lot of times I pray, me, 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 I, I, I. And there's no or little room for God. Right? I've prayed justice, 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 and God says, grace, 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 grace. Ask. Go ahead and ask. Be open to his responses. And the charge of Habakkuk in the starting chapter, because it's just the first part of the message, there's more to it, is that you shall live by faith. To be faithful in the small stuff. Are you faithful in the small stuff? Let me pray for you. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, it's a, it's a huge thing that Habakkuk does. And I want to, first of all, thank you for the illustration that is so open in the Old Testament. That's so clear. That we use the stories in the Old Testament to conform more to the image of your son, Jesus. And I would pray right now, God, that as we are gathered here as a congregation, that the people who are here would specifically cry out to you like Habakkuk did. That they would see the importance of asking good questions. That they would see the importance of communicating to you. That we have a mediator who is Jesus Christ who hears us, who knows our name, knows every situation, that's going on in our life. As you're spending time in prayer, church, know that. That, that God of the universe hears you. Six billion people who are populating the earth right now, and every time you pray, God hears you. It's a miracle in itself. He hears your complaints. He hears your cries. Do not, do not, do not internalize those things and pretend that they are not important. Every prayer that you pray as a Christian is important to Jesus Christ. Pray them, open them, be honest, be real with the creator of the universe who not only knows your name, he knows how many hairs are on your head, and he knows exactly what's going on in your life. He desperately wants to talk to you, and we believe that, God. We believe that with every fiber of our being because your word teaches it. And so, Lord, my prayer for 2017 is that we would start being open and honest and real with the requests that are going on within ourselves. And that, God, you would be patient with us when we cry out that there's no justice 
being served, and the small things that are going on in our life to the things that are going on to the ends of the earth. Help us to know that you're listening, that you care to hear us. And God, help us to be patient, to know that you respond in your time. You're doing a good work in us that we wouldn't even understand if you told us. Help us this year, God, to live by faith, to be diligent with doing the small things well, the things that we do have control over, that we wouldn't dwell or focus on the things that are outside of our control. We would focus specifically and intently on doing the things that we can do, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbor, to reach the world with the great gospel message that you've entrusted to our care and to build up those who are even gathered right now. May we see our brothers and sisters in need and respond to that need by giving them the truth that is in your text, by praying with them, spending time with one another, and realizing how important it is to wait, to be patient. I love you, God. I love your word. I love how true it is, every word. I love how open you are with us. Teach us even more things as we continue to study in the book of Habakkuk. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab. 